You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. So far, we have not been able to confirm any provision of lethal aid, but this is something we we follow very closely, and we also communicate very clearly that this will be a big mistake. That is the head of NATO warning uh, China against pro- uh, providing lethal aid to Russia, saying it would be a historic mistake. This comes as fresh, uh, French president travels to Beijing to meet with the Chinese president and attempt to curb the war in Ukraine. Uh, to talk about all of this and bring us up to date, Elliot Tepper with us, emeritus professor of political science, Carleton University, and with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, thank you. Same to you, Scott. So first, let's start with uh, the French president heading over to meet the Chinese president. How significant is this? What can he accomplish? There's a fascinating multi-layered game going on here. Uh, president Macron was going over, but Ursula van der Leyen, representing the EU, is also with him, along with a very large delegation of business people. So the what's going on, apparently, is... Mr. Macron is trying to position France in particular to be sometime an interlocutor in regard to the Ukraine war. He's been after, he's been trying to do that since the outset. But he also is trying to get China to play a positive role, a constructive role. So at the same time, uh, everybody knows that what's really going on is an attempt by China to drive a wedge between the EU and the West and uh, Ukraine, and at the same time, the opposite is going on. Uh, the EU is there, and Macron is there to try to pull a, pull the uh, Chinese a bit away, possibly from total um, uh, unofficial support of Russia. So the possibility exists that China could, at some point, actually play a positive role, since they are the only conceivable player on the globe right now and telling Mr. Putin that he's made a mistake. So there's a, a lot of multi-layered activities going on, but underneath a lot of it is uh, is business. The uh, EU is, I believe, China's number one. I think China's the EU is China's number one business partner, vice versa. And this is a business deal trip. Uh, obviously, China doesn't do anything unless it benefits China. At what point does Russia become a liability uh, for China? Because it seems like they're playing both sides of the fence here. They clearly have committed themselves to Russia. They they are neutral on <laughs> on the surface only. They are clearly major supporters of Russia. They, uh, as you know, Xi Jinping visited Russia very recently, and he did so shortly after Mr. Putin was declared an international war criminal with an arrest warrant really on his head. And they shook hands and they were, you know, my dear friend and so forth. And they were caught apparently on a hot mic. I mean, that is perhaps it didn't mean to be overheard. But just at the end of that three day meeting, which is a major show of support for the embattled and isolated Mr. Putin, uh, apparently Xi Jinping said something to the effect of this is the time of a, in 100 years when geopolitics is changing and we are driving it. And Mr. Putin, Mr. Putin answered, yes, I agree. So they are a shared partner in changing the geopolitics of the world in favor of the autocracies, the two of them together. And the rest of all this goes on around them.
Uh, it, when you, as you follow this, Elliot, and I try to learn as much of a, about it as I can and, and, and educate everybody or at least bring it to their attention, it seems to me that the Chinese Communist Party is on full attack mode. They are, I mean, you can say what you want about the West, but we're not going into other countries and trying to steal territory or undermine them in any way, uh, shape or form. Uh, we're just trying to kind of look after ourselves and do the right thing for us. But it seems Russia and China are overly aggressive. It's not about taking care of their own people. It's about advancing their territory, advancing into other parts of the world. Is that accurate? I think there probably would be a long discussion about what the West is and is not doing around the world. But yeah. uh, generally speaking, that is uh, certainly correct at this in this era. We have a situation where China has laid out a blueprint for being the world's foremost power by 2049, they, they, they have steps on the way to get there. That includes, among other things, modernization of their nuclear weapons. They've already essentially taken over the, much of the South China Sea, where they've never had territorial claims. Uh, and they've weaponized it. They're militarizing it. In the East China Sea, they are also, they have border disputes with uh, India as well. So they are very much on the advance. We know that they're United <laughs> Workers Front is, is very active in pursuing influence operations. That's certainly been in our news, but it's also operating, of course, around the world. China is an emerging power, uh, unquestionably. It's how they choose to emerge, as you and I have discussed, that really we need to talk about. And what we need to talk about is wolf warrior diplomacy and subterfuge as they rise to power. Uh, we're hearing more about a military facility in the Arctic uh, and China looking to purchase that. The U.S. saying, hey, what's going on here? What do we know about that? Well, one thing, just uh, since you've raised it, is that the expansion of NATO by the taking in of Finland as a full member, uh, yeah. as of basically today, and the foreign ministers of NATO are meeting, and Finland abandoned, along with Sweden, decades of professed neutrality. What that does, among other things, is Finland also has a presence in the Arctic, and it gives uh, NATO now much more of a toehold to watch exactly what you're referring to, referring to, what is China up to in the Arctic. We know they've sent the snow leopard through the Northwest Passage here, uh, a, a, an icebreaker. So this is a power that should be recognized as a global power, and now no longer a unipolar world, but a multipolar world. But it's how they choose to express that that is uh, giving grave concern around the world to us and to our allies. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the insight. Be well. Thank you. Good. Take care, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.